Hello, everybody. Welcome to our radio show. We're pleased to be with you today on a very nice November the 1st. Wow. We made it through October. Fun time last night. Halloween, the kids trick-or-treating, all the animals dressed up too. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Now, today, we're getting ready for next week. The big election is coming up. You know, I think we're all going to be celebrating, not because one of our candidates won or the other guy lost, but mostly we'll celebrate because it's going to be over. Get a little bit of a break from all of the stress, all of the demands on our time and attention. And we can get back to enjoying life in northern Nevada and across the country because this is the greatest country in the world. I'm so happy to be an American. And today we're going to be talking with another one of my favorite Americans in the world. Her name is Sherry Hill. She's the wealth protection diva at Sage International, helping people make great decisions when it comes time to create a company or grow a company because she knows what she's talking about when she talks about the incorporation world. An S-Corp, C-Corp, LLC, you name it, there's a number of them for the right kind of business. And a lot of our business owners today, they're real estate investors. We're going to talk to Sherry Hill about how she helps real estate investors grow their businesses. Also, later on the show, I have Brett McElhaney with us, and he is the uh, owner of McElhaney Structural engineering here in northern Nevada. Uh, a lot of you may not know much about Brett, but we're going to talk with him later on the show about his work. And he's got an incredible building that is just right around the corner from us that I drive by every day. And it's really what spurred me in about giving him a call and asking him if he'd come in to talk on our show. We're going to talk about this really cool building. It's called the Mesa Rim Climbing and Fitness Center here close to our studios. That and more after this. International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Great day to tune into our radio show. Uh, you know, believe it or not, the real estate market is slowing down a little bit. But one of the gents that I talked to who's got plenty of activity, his name is Dan Ryder. Dan is the broker and owner at Nevada Home Connections here in Reno, Nevada. He's doing a great job helping people, you know, with those move ups or move downs. Uh, everybody has a reason to move. A lot of people, they need to get into smaller homes because the kids are gone and they need a downsize. Maybe they're seniors and just can't go up the stairs. Dan Ryder is a great person to talk to in those instances because he knows where the potential buyers are for those kinds of properties and where the next most important move might be for the elderly couple that might be vacating that home. Lots of nuances when you're talking real estate. Dan Ryder is the man to call. Visit him by going to his website, envyhomeconnections.com, or call 775-742-3376. Dan Ryder, Nevada Home Connections. With me in the studio at this time, Sherry Hill. Sherry's the wealth protection diva at Sage International. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Peter. Always a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be with you two in the studio. Sherry, yesterday, Halloween. Good times? One of my favorite days of the year. I get to dress up. I get to hand candy out to the kids. I just love all the costumes, and I just really get into it. So, Yeah, you had a very nice pink top with some dancing... Skeletons. Dancing skeletons, yes. <laughs> I, 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 they look like just little tiny bones. To yes. me, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's fun, you know, that we, we get to f talk about fun things and do fun things in our world. And Halloween really is one of those... Truly, it's a, it's a holiday about having fun. Yes. And now, November 1st, not so much fun to talk about, but it is an important thing to talk about. The election coming up next week, Tuesday. It's hard to believe that it's been two years since the last major election, Sherry, but wow. I think there was even more political chatter and more political advertising than I've ever seen before. I think it was about the same, actually. I mean, you're just inundated at every level. However, if you just focus on the issues that matter to you and want to see, you know, the people that you want to see make good decisions on our behalf, then you got to get out and vote for I'm sure. I'm telling you, I think it was more. And I'll tell you the reason why. I woke up from a dream last night, and in my dream, it said, this dream is brought to you by this candidate for the U.S. Senate. I said, wait a minute. They did not buy time on my dreams. 
everywhere, Sherry. It's all over the place. I'm glad it's about over, but I think it is important to emphasize to our listeners, get out there and vote. I mean, if you don't vote for what you think is the way this country should go, I can almost guarantee you somebody's going to vote for going the other way. So, you know, you got to voice your opinion. And really, Sherry, in a world, I think a lot of people, well, they're afraid to ask for what they want. You know, sometimes I think if you just ask people what they want, they'll tell you. Uh, but many people can't of their own mindset tell people what they want. Well, when it's election day, that's really when you get to do it. And you get to do it in the privacy of your own booth. I know when I go in there and I close that curtain and I click all those little levers on there, I don't have to explain to anybody why I did it. Exactly. Same thing. It's a great process. It's fun. It's that day you get to feel the democracy of our country. And so it's important and everyone should vote. And if you don't vote, I always say, then why do you think you, then you have an opinion? <laughs> mm-hmm. You can, but if you don't tell anybody, it's not really there. I'm talking with Sherry Hill. Sherry is the president and CEO of Sage International. Sherry, you work with a lot of real estate investors and a lot of business people that have other types of businesses too. So you get to really have a good study of what's going on, not only here in Northern Nevada, but all across the country, because I know most of your business actually comes from other states that want to do business in Nevada. Tell us about that. Well, it's actually opposite. So the bulk of the work that I do are for clients in other states, and the work that we do is in other states. So because of our current governor, who I call the governor that shot the golden goose, changed all the requirements and adopted commerce tax and raising state filing fees, he pretty much shut down the industry Mm -hmm. that provided millions and millions of dollars into the state coffers. So having said that, I always saw that. So a lot of the work that we do is other states. So real estate investors, of course, are happening everywhere across the country. And even those that live here in northern Nevada are reaching out and investing in communities that, you know, you can still buy properties for thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. And so there is a lot of opportunity out there. People get close to the end of the year. Are there any uh, functions that you get more involved with in the real estate world? Um, is you're helping people get incorporated? Is there a rush to get these things done by the end of the year? Or these things that just they, ha- they need to be done when you purchase the property? A lot of times the end of the year and the beginning of the year are busiest times because people in, you know, just on our own nature want to get things done before the end of the year or get set up for the new year. As far as real estate investing, when you buy those properties, it makes sense to get them retitled into LLCs or another entity that I'm uh, pretty much an expert on is the series LLC, which more and more states are adopting as we speak. So it's becoming the tool of choice in a lot of different states for me right now. And more and more people are realizing that, I mean, you really make your, your big successes financially if you have a great vehicle to get you there. And many times people don't realize that most millionaires started out with real estate or you know, at the very least they started out with their home. And I was reading a book recently, Sherry, called The Automatic Millionaire Homeowner. And, you know, it, it, I opened up the, the book and I, I, was, I had read this book before, but I came to a page that is really important. And here's what it says. Homeowners get rich and renters stay poor. The bottom line is this. The American dream of building a nest egg by home, owning a home is no fantasy. Homeowners have been getting rich off their real estate for years, and they will continue to do so in the future. There are also more than ever before. In fact, at the time this book was written, uh, there was a record 73.4 million homeowners in the U.S. That was 69% of families in America, according to government statistics. Now, I do want to point out that this book that I've had for a while in my library is about 13 years old. But regardless, if you look back at the charts of a number of financial investments, stock market, gold, real estate, you're gonna see that that line goes in one direction. It's going up. And in many cases, 
home ownership, real estate, commercial, rental, that's where you make the big money sharing. Well, absolutely. And there's a lot of strategies of how you buy your first home. And from that, you can expand up or in the real estate investing world, I have seen a lot of very quick millionaires through the power of the 1031 exchanges. So, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of different strategies around real estate investing. The key is to understand the type that you want to do. However, owning real estate is always pretty much a win-win situation, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, people need to live somewhere. We aren't making any more real estate. And so if you position yourself correctly as a real estate investor, you're going to win when the economy is great and you're going to win when the economy is not so great. Absolutely, Sherry. And let me tell you that we have to always remember that right now at this time in history, interest rates are pretty close to their all-time lows. Oh, yeah, they go up in 16th of a point and then the media talks about this gigantic leap of rates. That's not the case. You know, I, I bought my first home when interest rates were 12 to 16 percent. So I know high interest rates. Right now, they are an incredible value, but they're not always going to be there. I think it's important to note that in, in the case of, let's say, a $200,000 mortgage, the difference of 1 percent interest rate can be as much as over $50,000 out of your pocket over the life of that loan. So now that interest rates are low, Keep that in mind, too, because if they go up just 1%, that home you might want to buy next year or in two years could end up costing you a whole lot more, not so much maybe on the price of the home itself, but on the payments that you'll make because interest rates make a huge difference and a big impact on the payment that you make. Sherry Hill from Sage International, I'm glad that you're with us today, and I'm hopeful that you'll uh, visit with us again sometime soon. But in the meantime, any final thoughts for our listeners this week? Yes, if you are thinking about being a real estate investor or are a real estate investor and you're not structured to protect those assets, then you should probably call me and take advantage of a free consult, 775-786-5515. Thanks, Sherry. We've got all of your information on our website, too, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. Coming up after this break, my guest, Brett McElhaney. He's with McElhaney Structural Engineers. And we're going to be talking about one of the most intelligent locations in northern Nevada to put your business. It's on the corner of Harvard and Yale. We'll be right back. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. Michelle Holbert. I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery? Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction Jackson. He's the best. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning into our program. It's almost holiday season, and we're doing everything we can right now to make sure we're ready for the big day, Thanksgiving Day. A lot of people coming. Man, I finished painting the rooms, and now I've got to clean the carpets. Guess who I'm going to call? Extraction Jackson. He's the man at CJ's Recommended Carpet Care. Listen, if you have pets, you need somebody that really understands pets and pet stains. Well, CJ's Carpet Care, they're pet stain specialists. Visit cjscarpetcare.com or give them a call, 829-1551, and tell them Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, I'm pleased to have Brett McElhaney. He's the principal at McElhaney Structural Engineers. Welcome to our radio show, Brett. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here as well. Beautiful time of the year here in late October, early uh, November. I mean, it's like one of the best times because you've got all the colors. You've got great daytime weather. Are you enjoying this time of the year yourself? I am. And I was just reading this morning that the western U.S. is um, tops for fall colors right now. Back in the east, they had, you know, it was it was a little too warm and the moisture wasn't right and mm -hmm. they didn't have the spectacular colors that they usually have, but it's the western U.S. right now that's having the, the good fall. Oh, yeah. You know, I read that myself, too, and I, and I had just been, I had to take a quick trip up to Susanville, and on the way back, I was looking up at the backside of Peavine, and there's some aspen back there that are just awesome, 
and it is really beautiful. I'm so glad that we're here this time of the year and with good weather. I'm excited to talk to you because I've seen a lot of new things going up structural-wise in northern Nevada, and uh, some of it is interesting. Some of it is very nice. Some of it is, I, have, I, I don't know why some of this stuff goes up, but as a structural engineer, and we've talked before this radio show, I mean, you, you see a lot in the buildings and structures that most of us don't because in addition to the aesthetics, of course, it has to be able to handle uh, the weight of everything else that's going to be attached in it, along with people and vehicles, whatever that is. Before we get too far in talking about the world of structural engineering, though, I want to make sure people know a little bit more about you. So, Brett, tell us about your background. Are you a native of Nevada? Um, no, I've I've been here since the 90s, and I've had three kids born here, so I consider myself a Nevadan now, but I grew up mostly in Texas, mm-hmm. and I came out here, and um, I moved to Fallon in 93, and then Reno in 94. Mm-hmm. I love Fallon. It's a very nice community. It's uh, a lot of dairy there. Yes. And, uh, of course, we do a lot of uh, work in the real estate world all across northern Nevada, but... Fallon really seems to be a, a cool place uh, to for investment property because it's so close to the military base. And despite when they build or when they don't build at the military base, there are, you know, that's really what keeps Fallon going to a large degree is that military base. And a lot of people, they just don't know much about the Fallon Naval Air Base. But it is a very cool place to be. Uh, and I've had some clients move from Reno to Fallon and back from Fallon to Reno uh, because it was quite a different lifestyle there. How did what drew you to Reno from Fallon? What was it about Reno that you liked? Well, I I was in my early twenties and I kind of wanted a change from my hometown in Texas. I had done a degree in psychology over there and I worked for the state of Texas at a mental hospital. I was not very happy. I was sort of disenchanted with my job and I felt stagnant in my hometown and I just wanted something new and exciting. And I had grandparents in Fallon. So I said, I'm going to come out here and grandparents will be there to help me if I need them. And said, I'm going to go back to school and do something different. Looked at every degree UNR offered and said, civil engineering sounds pretty interesting. And here I am. That was, um, uh, I, I did a bachelor's in 97 and a master's in 99 in civil engineering. So you've got 20 years in this world right yes. now. Yeah. And uh, looking back to your world in Texas, in the mental health world, in the psychology mm-hmm. world, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much happier are you are being here now doing engineering? I'm so much more happier. I've, <laughs> I've built a life here, and, you know, I've got so many connections to the community, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing and feeling like I'm making a difference in the world and helping to create safe places for people to live and work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, people always want to improve their world, their lifestyle, and so many times it means new structures, right? And building new things as technology has uh, moved forward, uh, it's been out of necessity that a lot of buildings and homes have to be, you know, rebuilt or, uh, or in some cases, torn down. I lived in some pretty, pretty lean homes when I was a little boy, and I always remember the um, the two prong outlets that we had throughout this house. And, well, the problem was that most appliances coming out now, most things that we were starting to use needed the three-prong outlets. And, uh, you know, if you have that kind of a you had limitation with your electricity, you can bet I had limitations with plumbing as well mm-hmm. and structural as well. And, well, you know, as people want to live better, they, have, they need new types of structures. What I like about northern Nevada, in addition to the great clouds that we get here, right, they're very different, very unique. I like all the open space that we have here in the Truckee Meadows in Reno. And although you are in the structural side, you're very aware of what's happening and how things are changing with the, the arterial that we have. The Southwest Connector is one example. But it, it seems like we're losing so much more of our open space than we used to have. And maybe it's because of the demand. Maybe it's because of zoning. But uh, do you have any, any, ish, any talking points on the open space issues? Well, personally, yes. This is one of the things that um, I've grown to love about this area. And and it is contrasted to Texas where I grew up. So a couple things that I've grown to love here is the proximity and the accessibility to nature. You know, I can be hiking in 15 minutes. I can go backpacking. And when I came out here, where I grew up, it's basically North Texas, the southern end of the Great Plains. It's very flat, which is beautiful in its own way. But I came out here and it's like, wow, look at those mountains. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned open space. Also, in Texas, it's very heavy on private property. So 
Whereas out here, it's like you pick a direction and hit a dirt road and go, and you can go explore and four-wheeling, whatever you want to do. In Texas, you pick a direction and there's going to be a barbed wire fence. It's sure. very private property intensive right. there. Right. So those were different than where I grew up, and I've, I've grown to love and appreciate mm -hmm. those in this area. Same with me. I'm from originally from Colorado, and there was no real open space there that I recall anywhere unless you could get down into the river bottom areas, and, and that was pretty limited. Here, uh, you know, I'm close to wild horse country. You talk about open space. Uh, the wild horses have open space, but so much of, of Nevada is open space. It's why people love living here. When you li live in the city like I do, I live in the city because I have to. That's where I do my business. still value open space, and I hate to see it go. And we have some beautiful waterways here. And those are my concerns right now is that we're going to build too close to the waterways. And, and let's talk about the waterways. Um, in the structural engineering world, you look at a lot of things that most of us don't look at and, and maybe don't have an interest in. But flooding is one of those issues. It's when you're structural engineering in this part of Nevada, it has to be a big concern, I'm sure, is, is the potential for flooding still. Well, if, if it's a bridge or something that's in a waterway, yes. Personally, we don't do too many bridges ourselves. We're buildings and houses and this type of thing. And like the, the, there's, a, there's discussion about putting something like 5,000 homes near the Southwest Connector, mm -hmm. uh, near the South Meadows area. And, you know, to me, it looks like it's just, it's, you're just begging for trouble down there if you're, if you're building on, on something that used to be a cattail. Yes, that's true. I mean, it affects nature, and which is not a good idea. But the right way to build it, if you're going to do that, is put it up on stilts or yeah, something right, like right, they yeah. do on the Gulf Coast or something. <laughs> yeah. But the hurricane that hit Florida recently, did you see the, uh, the pretty poignant picture of the one house that was left on the beach there at Mexico Beach, I think, yeah. and everything else was destroyed, and there was one house left right there. Wow. And it was because they, they designed for a higher wind force. And it was, it was very interesting to us in the, um, in, the, in the structural engineering world because, you know, I'm sure it had water pushing against it and massive winds. And it stood fine when everything around it was gone. And this is a good reminder. It's like we can design for this stuff. It is a matter of money, and it costs a little more to build. But we can design for this stuff if we want to. And, you know, I've, I feel really bad for the people that had homes that no longer have homes but really when you're building in those kind of areas the kind of areas where you have that potential uh, you really need to be prepared for it in one way or another either by the way that you build or by the way that you always have your bags packed so you can hit the gas and get out of there it's going to rain yeah, that's one way to handle it <laughs> exactly i'm talking with brett McElhaney. he is the principal at McElhaney structural engineering and we're talking about you know the world of construction uh, you got to start someplace. It's got to be engineered properly. And structural engineering, although to some people might sound, uh, let's say, boring or not, uh, you know, not full of, of life. And we're going to talk about a building that he was involved in putting together here recently. And it's an indoor climbing building that is right near our radio studios. And it's called the Mesa Rim Climbing and Fitness Center. That's got like the coolest front part of the building you know in uh, in reno when i look at this building i think that this is probably somewhere in downtown reno where you've got some really cool structures but it's not it's it's real close to uh, 580 and mill street we're going to talk about that and more when we continue our conversation on nevada real estate radio stay tuned we'll be right back Raising bees is becoming more popular by the day. It's an interesting hobby that has tons of benefits, whether you're young or old, and most important, you can help save the bees. If you want to learn the how-tos of this entertaining and profitable pastime, come to the 2018 Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, February 23rd through the 25th in Yarrington, Nevada. This conference helps beginning and advanced beekeepers keep up with the art and science of beekeeping in a fun and informative way. To register, go to nevadastatebeekeepers.org. That's nevadastatebeekeepers.org. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for staying with us. This is Peter Padilla. I'm pleased to talk to you about real estate and real estate for investors. If you're a renter, you need to work on getting your credit updated and maintained in order to be a good prospect for a mortgage. And what's one of the best ways to maintain your credit? Well, that's to, well, number one, pay your bills on time, of course. But number two, establish some credit if you don't have credit established. Some people are afraid to establish credit because they think they'll end up getting in big debt. Well, I guarantee you, if you open and establish credit at a jewelry store, chances are real good you're going to get into debt. But if you open up your credit at a tire store, 
the chances are pretty good you're going to get your vehicle up to speed and get to work on time and be a good employee or business owners and make the money you need. That's my recommendation. Establish credit at some place where you need the services anyway. Make sure that they report to the credit bureaus all of the information about your payment history. If you have any questions about a tire store that you would like to establish credit with and uh, take advantage of having a better vehicle and a better credit score, I'll be glad to visit with you anytime after the show. Give me a call at 775-786-5515. And as for me, Peter from Nevada Real Estate Radio. With me in the studio, I have Brett McElhaney, and he is a structural engineer. He's the principal at McElhaney Structural Engineers. Hope you're enjoying being with us today, Brett. Yes, I'm happy to be here and having fun. Well, I'm enjoying looking at this brochure about Mesa Rim Climbing and Fitness Center. It's here in Reno, and it's just just off of um, 580 and Mill Street. Mesa Rim Climbing and Fitness Center is on Harvard Way. It's uh, between uh, Vassar Street and Mill Street. You'll find it there because it's a very cool building. So, Brett, tell us a little bit about your work here and um, give us an idea for those people that haven't been in there. So we collaborated with uh, other members of a great design team on that and good clients and it's a it's got a gym in it and yoga studios and rock climbing and a lot of cool stuff like that and the interesting thing about that for us from a structural standpoint is that the the skeleton if you will which is our our realm and expertise of of the buildings being a structural engineer is what's called a pre-engineered metal building and in the past, people typically think of these as an industrial building and you got the siding on them and there's some manufacturing process in it or something, but it's a very economical way to build large open spaces and this is a pre-engineered metal building. But it's dressed up and it's very beautiful and it's, it's, it's a newer use of this construction type that has not typically been used in the past. You know, I, I know a lot about metal buildings because I grew up uh, on the plains myself in Colorado. Uh, it's a lot of farm work in Quonsets, Quonset huts, uh, the big um, outdoor barns that were put together to keep all the equipment, and in some case, the feed for the cattle, if not the cattle or the pigs themselves. This is a metal building, but with the work that's been done, it's really custom, and I can see where this was probably a real efficient, cost-efficient way to build, build the size of a building. Yes, it was. So the, uh, the front angle, I kind of find that really interesting. Is that eth- uh, aesthetic or does that serve a, uh, a structural purpose? That's aesthetic. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a climbing building, so it's real tall, has these tall centers in it. And um, it's, you talk about open space, that's what it's all about when you're inside of a climbing building. That is very, very cool. What about, uh, what, what's the deal on um, earthquake situations in this part? I know we get a lot of earthquakes, little ones. I've been around bigger ones in Southern California, but uh, does that need, does the earthquake factor add to the cost of building in this area? Definitely adds to the cost of building. I, I think we're somewhere around uh, third or fourth most seismically active state in the country. Mm-hmm. And earthquakes certainly have to be a consideration here. Yeah, you bet. Um, it uh, it's it was just a few years ago that I was I think at ten o'clock at night I was in watching television and suddenly the chandelier started to move and it really shook up a lot of people and it, it I think earthquakes are are fascinating because there is no warning you know for the most part it just happens and wow everybody deals with the after the consequences afterwards somewhat like a hurricane yes <laughs> yeah they're very beautiful and interesting force mm-hmm. of nature and this is part of you know why i love what i do and why i got into this career because you know the the forces of earth and how our built environment is going to interact with it that's that's our expertise how are our st- structures going to behave with wind snow gravity earthquake and how are they going to interact with those forces? And it's very interesting and fascinating stuff to me. Yeah, it's almost like uh, like psychology, if you will. I'm talking with Brent McElhaney. He's the principal at McElhaney Structural Engineers. And you did study psychology. That's what you did in Texas before yes. you came to Nevada. So what value, or tell me about the value of having a psychology background in the world of structural engineering? Well, it's I would say that... Um, Understanding psychology is important in any aspect of human endeavor and um, even in a technical field like ours, 
everything happens through people. And this is how these structures get designed and built, even though it's a very technical field and we have to do mathematical modeling of forces and structures and we have to understand the physics of what's going on and very technical stuff. We have to communicate with contractors who build it and we have to communicate with architects who design it and owners who have needs. And the human component, even in a technical field like ours, is the bottom line. Well, because it's so important to have that human component, um, you know, everybody's talking about computers doing everything in the future. I, I wonder if the demand for the kind of knowledge that you have still is there going to be there in 10 years and 20 years. And are young people interested? I mean, we, we have to always encourage young people to pursue certain careers and types of careers, kinds of opportunities so that we can make the world a better planet. Is that something that you see in, uh, um, is still relevant? Are people still interested in this kind of world? There are people that are interested, but I, I think not enough. You know, there, there are pushes for what they call STEM, you know, science and technology, education, mathematics, this type of thing. I, I think we need more people in this because I think science is a good thing. And my profession as a structural engineer is not that old. You know, not very long ago, we were building out of intuition and knowledge passed down from generations and this is the way it was always done now we can understand the physics of what we're building and how do these structures interact with gravity snow wind earthquake we can actually mathematically model it now so this is a re relatively recent technological advancement in the construction industry and the built environment and we need more people to push this along and the more we understand the better i see the work that you do in a large degree with making life uh, for everybody more convenient, a more, a more pleasant world, uh, a more efficient world with good structural engineering, because ultimately that's really what I think everybody wants. They want to have a better life for themselves than they had yesterday or when they were children, and they absolutely, we all want a better life for the people that follow behind us. Um, yes. And it's, in a, it's somewhat of our legacy, uh, the quality of life that we leave for our children, every one of us, and I'm glad to know that you're doing that kind of work. My uh, other uh, concern or question, let's say, about the younger generations, because so much of the world has gone digital, um, I'm curious how much the digital world plays in your world of structural engineering, because it seems to me like everything was, is, is in an engineer's head and it goes down onto paper and that's where it goes. How does it really work? Well, it is a very te technological intensive industry and computers play a huge role. For example, think about maybe the Hoover Dam down in Vegas. It was designed in an era before computers. So imagine how long that took with hand calculations and somebody doing equations and doing the math. I mean, I don't know, a team of how many people, how many months or years designing that thing. We can design that same thing now with computers in you know, a week maybe or something like that. So this is the way technology has affected us is we've gone from hand calculations to harnessing the power of computers to better model our structures, more quickly model them to get efficiency out of it, but, but better model them also where we have a more accurate model. Mm -hmm. and, and also on our drawing side where we make our drawings to communicate with the contractor, we're starting to use more technology in that where Drafting was once hand drafting and people drawing on paper and erasing. Mm -hmm. And then it was CAD, which utilized computers, but it was still drawing lines. And now we're making 3D models of our buildings to create our drawings and to do our analytical models of. And contractors are more and more in the field starting to have an iPad and looking at some 3D models they can look around and rotate. And before we were looking at paper and we had to kind of still imagine it a little bit because we're looking at 2D paper, but 3D models are becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, you're talking about building new things and um, putting together visions, but it's kind of funny. I was traveling with a, a prospect talking about real estate in the uh, Pleasant Valley area. And, you know, that's where the new bridge is on 580, that mm -hmm. big bridge. Yeah. And I remember the issue with that big bridge. You remember all that stuff? I that was do. Going in? It started the bridge. It was one beautiful leg. And then everything stopped. <laughs> and uh, I thought to myself, you know, we do live in the digital age now. And I, I just didn't quite understand. Uh, we have a little bit of time. Can you share with us a little bit about what, what you recall from that? Um, what I recall was, I believe they changed contractors at that point, and I mm -hmm. think the original one bowed out and the new one came in. I think there was, 
I think there was some contention about um, the construction methods and until that complete arch is built across there and everything's locked in place and the deck is in place, it, it, it's not a complete load path in a structure, so there's vulnerability. There's always vulnerability in structures when we're building them until the whole structure's in place and the key load path yeah. where it locks itself together and then the structure gets synergy from its parts and it's stable. Before that, it's vulnerable. So I think mm. I, that's what I remember is there was some contention about that and the, you know, the contractors, you know, they were like, this is vulnerable to the winds when yeah. we're building it or something to this effect. And then they were not comfortable. So a new contractor came in and did it. I, that, that's what I remember. Yeah. Uh, wind issues was the big issue there and, and that I remember them talking about. It was, it is the second largest bridge, I believe, in Nevada. Mm. It's a beautiful structure, but I know that uh, good things sometimes take more lo longer to develop than what we think about. We're going to talk about more about structural engineering in northern Nevada with our guest, Brett McElhaney from McElhaney Structural Engineers. And we're going to talk about the most recent stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. If you're thinking about buying a home, I'm going to tell you what the median home price is and more after this. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. Call for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Good day to tune into our show. We are talking with Brent McElhaney. He is the principal at McElhaney Structural Engineering, and he's done a lot of great projects here in northern Nevada, and we're going to have all of his contact information for you at the end of the show. I do want to let you know that I've got my home ready for winter. Yep, I am going to clean up and finish up all of the good work I've done on my windows. And one of the things I did last year that's been of great help is I installed SunTech Solar Screening. Yeah, SunTech solar screening. It's to keep the heat out of my home in the summertime uh, because it cuts 90% of the sun's glare coming in the windows so the windows don't get hot and my home stays cooler without pumping that air conditioning. But what I've really discovered is that I enjoy these and I get great benefit in the winter too. They actually cut down the cold airflow coming into my home just by having solar screens on the windows that face the south. I've got other windows in the north side that I've covered with SunTech, and again, big difference. I'm encouraging you to give them a call at SunTech Solar Screening. You can get all their contact information at solarscreensofreno.com and tell them Peter sent you. In the studio, Brent McElhaney from McElhaney Structural Engineers, and we're going to be talking about the Nevada real estate market here in northern Nevada. Brent, I don't know if you keep up with this stuff, but you know, home prices are going up like crazy, aren't they? Yes. I mean, when I moved here, uh, home price, the median home price was somewhere in the neighborhood of $250,000 in the early 2000s. In 2012, the median home price had dropped all the way down to $150,000. I know that because I was in the mortgage loan business and I was helping all kinds of people try to get pre-approved for a mortgage. Everybody told me they didn't have any money. $150,000. Well, the median home price now in Washoe County is $374,000, more than doubled since 2012. That's an amazing increase. If you look at last year, last year it's up from 11% in just one year. So the key here is to understand that everything moves in waves, kind of like the ocean. Things move up, things move down. Well, right now the real estate market in northern Nevada is moving up. Now, is it going to come down dramatically like it did in 2012? It's possible, but the reality is there are no indications that show it will be dropping to a substantial degree if we do have a correction. 
A lot of people are saying there's still great opportunity in northern Nevada, and I tend to agree with them. I personally like the rural areas. Uh, Fernley, for example, has a much lower median home price, and that is coming in at 200 and uh, no, I'm sorry, let me clear that up. It's coming in at $251,000. That's still a good chunk of money, but when you compare that to the median home price in Reno, how about saving about $100,000, $120,000 for a, a little give up of a half hour drive? Well, there's all sorts of good opportunities if you put your mind to work. And I encourage you to visit with me if you have any questions about the Northern Nevada real estate market. Or you can talk to my good friend, Dan Ryder. He's the broker owner at Nevada Home Connections. He's one of the top realtors in Northern Nevada. And he's a lifelong resident of Northern Nevada. So he knows all the nuances of the different neighborhoods in the city and around the city. Dan Ryder is a great person to know. You can give him a call at 775-742-3376. Dan Ryder from Nevada Home Connections. Brett McElhaney is with us. Brett, what do you think about these prices? Uh, you probably are a homeowner here in northern Nevada. Mm-hmm. And have you seen your home grow substantially in value probably in the last couple of years, of years I would imagine? Yes, I have a house for sale in the Virginia City Highlands actually right now. There you go. So... Um, and that's a beautiful area. I really like that area. That's uh, that's getting getting more rural, but it's getting more elevation. Are you up a little higher, or are you down toward the bottom? Sixty-one hundred feet. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a challenge during the snow season, but probably a pretty good uh, good feeling when you're up there. That clear air, you know, maybe have a view up there as well. It's beautiful up there. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, pri- home prices uh, are putting uh, pressure on a lot of people that need to move here because they've got new jobs. Uh, or they want to get a new job. You know, you know, they get a great job, but they can't find a place to live. Uh, as a structural engineer, as a principal there, or do you have the same issues as an employer as uh, what I'm hearing from other parts of the community? Certainly, yes. So unemployment rate for engineers is essentially zero right now. So it is difficult finding people. There's mm-hmm. labor supply problems. And um, I do have a new UNR student who came in as an intern who's graduating next spring, but I've had to bring people from out of town. And mm-hmm. and I have used Dan Ryder that you mentioned to help them, guide them for a place to live when they come here because that is one of the hurdles I want to make sure they get over and to, to come here and work. I brought a, a girl from uh, Buffalo recently and I have a guy coming from Virginia. Mm-hmm. and. I've worried a little bit about when I bring a new employee in from out of town, you know, how are they, are they going to be okay finding housing or, you know, is this going to be a showstopper for them? But it's worked out thus far, but it's taken some extra effort. Yeah, everybody has that challenge uh, because it is tight out there. I know there's efforts to build new uh, residences for all kinds of individuals in northern Nevada, but it seems like, like I was looking at UNR recently, they had to tear down some homes, move some homes out, move some housing out so that they could grow. Uh, growth in the Pyramid Highway intersection at McCarran, they had to knock out, I don't know, 40 or 50 houses there to build that. It seems like some we're going the wrong direction in building homes. Have you got any recent home projects or any current home projects that you can talk to us about? There is a lot of housing under construction right now, and um, one interesting one that we have in design right now is a low-income housing project in Carson City, a series of three-story apartment buildings, and um, there's a group in town called NCHRB, Nevada Community Housing Resource Board, and they build and operate these things, and that will be a good one for Carson, I think, that will add some some needed housing. You bet. Uh, we are trying to take care of everybody in northern Nevada, but you've, it's really a struggle. Uh, even when you have uh, an employment, it is still a struggle because rent is going up and the availability of homes is low. And I'm glad that you're helping out in that way and, uh, and, and making more homes available to the people that really need them. You have a lot of activities on the information I've done research on for you. A lot of the projects that you've worked on, uh, they're in all sorts of categories, office buildings, warehouse, industrial. You've done some uh, seismic. uh, You've got some seismic certifications as well. Talk about the earthquake issues in northern Nevada. Yeah, we do get retrofits every now and then. Um, They're a little more difficult for owners because when you design, you design for the earthquake from the start, so it's kind of baked into the mix. When we do get calls from people that are having problems with their buildings and need things diagnosed or they need some strengthening or 
somebody's altering their building. We've got a few Bay Area jobs going right now with um, companies moving into like 1970s buildings and they want to remove columns and cut holes in walls and these types of things. Yeah. And, you know, this type of stuff happens all the time. So somebody's got to alter their building. And then for, to, to, to meet their function of their building for their business, whatever it may be, it may weaken the building a little bit. So then we've got to make up for that somehow and, you know, add a little bit of steel in or whatever the case may be. So, Brent, uh, the safety of the occupants is ultimately one of the most important things that you're looking at. Yes. Um, and sometimes these buildings hold lots of people, and sometimes they don't hold very many. Yeah. Um, I've seen you've done work from uh, in the medical world at Washoe Med Center. You've also done work uh, with the Native American communities. In fact, I see that there's a lot of, uh, of uh, activity that you've done <clears throat> there as well. Perhaps you can talk to us a little bit about some of the work you do in that area. Yeah, so um, we... We have houses in design, new houses for Pyramid Lake um, Housing Authority right now, mm -hmm. and we've got hotels, casinos, and things like that in design, you know, throughout California and Nevada for different tribes, and mm -hmm. um, they have, they need more housing as well. So that's, a lot of ours are <coughs> helping them do housing developments and, and this type of thing, and um, Working with the Native American tribes in, in Nevada, um, I would imagine that they would prefer to work with people that uh, represent their background as well. How is it that you're able to get into do so many works? Because I see you've done work for the Yarrington Paiute Center, uh, Pyramid Lake Fisheries. Uh, you've also done some uh, work for the Reno Sparks Indian Colony of Reno. How's it work? Well, it's very relationship-based, and it's building relationships and being a go-to that they can call to help them solve their problems that have to do with structural engineering when they need them, whether it be wanting to build something new or a problem with existing structures. Or you mentioned the fisheries at Pyramid Lake. Those were kind of fun jobs. We've done things for them like they would call us and say, at our hatchery, we've got some fish eggs that are overheating in the sun, and so we would design a little structure to house them or a roof over them to protect them from the sun, and mm -hmm. that was kind of fun and rewarding and different for us. We're helping protect the eggs, you know, and, and the hatchling fish, and that was kind of fun and different. You've got work in Los Angeles also, in Los Angeles USD. So uh, you're not limited to just northern Nevada. You really travel, travel a bit outside the area. Right. We're licensed throughout the western U.S. and Texas, my home state as well, and Virginia. So we, we can do work in those states and, you know, if occasionally we'll get a client that wants work in a state we're not licensed in and based on my California structural license, it's easy to get reciprocity basically anywhere in the U.S. You can learn a lot about Brett McElhaney and McElhaney Structural Engineers at the website McElhaneyStructural.com and that's MC. E-L-H-A-N-E-Y structural.com and we'll put your contact information on our website, Brett, when we post the podcast. I'm really glad that you came in to visit with us today and I'm encouraging anybody that, uh, you know, is looking to, uh, young people, young people looking to get into a career, I would think that structural engineering would be a great thing to do and, and Brett, if somebody was interested and wanted to chat with you about the world of structural engineering, would you be okay if we sent them your way? For sure. Yeah, and hopefully you'll come back to our program and talk to us again more about what's going on in northern Nevada. We didn't get to talk a lot about all the activity happening in downtown, Bintown, down 4th Street, but I want to do that with you because I've got some questions about that stuff, so hopefully you'll come back. Okay, sounds good. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. My name is Peter. If you have questions for us, visit our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. Tell your friends and family we're on the air again next week, same time, same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.